GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for your time today and joining us on the podcast. And it's with great pleasure I introduce you to Professor David Wilkinson, uh, who would be familiar to everybody here, uh, I'm sure. I've been around for a little while in, in this space. But David, thank you very much for your time today. Always a pleasure, Paul. Thanks. Excellent. Um, so, David, we want to take the opportunity with this podcast to talk about the upcoming CPD changes that are occurring uh, as of January 2023 and give doctors a, maybe once again an understanding of what these changes are and maybe how that's going to impact them from obviously their professional development requirements to uh, comply with APRA and the AMC. So perhaps could you just give us a high-level summary of, of what the changes are? Yeah, sure. I guess like many of my GP colleagues, at, at some level, it's all been pretty confusing because we've heard over the last few years about changes that are coming. And at one stage, the, the medical board was talking about revalidation, and, and that meant re-examination and, and so on. Um, but now that's changed quite significantly, and we now have real clarity about the upcoming changes to to CPD for all doctors, but let's focus on on GPs. I think maybe the way to explain this most simply is remind everybody what we have to do now and then outline what we're going to have to do in the future. There is a little bit of a transition period, as you know, in 2023, but where we are now, we've been, and we're familiar with this, we've been working on a triennium, three years, uh, we basically have to uh, capture a whole bunch of CPD points. Um, they come from a couple of different categories, and those different categories have really been a little bit more, um, you know, category one, a little bit more structured and rigorous than category two, for example. And then we've had to do CPR um, every every three years. And that's it's been that way for a little while now. Um, the medical board and APRA have changed things around, and from 2023-2024, we're going to need to do our CPD on an annual basis, and they're shifting from points to hours, and we need to capture and demonstrate the hours that we do. And the, the summary of this is we're going to need to do 50 hours a year. Uh, so obviously that's just about an hour a week. And if we think about it that way, it's probably not too onerous. Um, and the 50 hours have to be split um, so that we do a minimum of 12 and a half hours on education, standard, straightforward, didactic education. And we have to do a, a minimum of um, five hours performance review, five hours outcome measurement, but we have to do, it gets a little bit complicated, is that we have to do half of the 50 hours on a combination of performance review and outcome measurement. So the simplest way to think about it is 50 hours, half on education, half on performance review and outcome measurement. You can you can move those around a little bit, but but not not enormously. And you have to do some performance review and some outcome measurement. Now, um, what what what's different? Less education and more critical review 
of our clinical work. So if you like, that's performance review. What do we actually do? And very importantly, some effort on uh, outcome measurement. Um, and of course, the, the CPR training, um, we can expect to be, to be a requirement as well. Now, maybe, Paul, I can make that concrete for colleagues and number of us are skin cancer doctors i'm a skin cancer doctor let, let me give an example of what i might need to do going forward in the future um 25 hours let's say as a starting point on education not difficult to do um conferences short courses online learning etc i could pick a topic you know i'm i might be interested in in learning how to do a, a new flap for me, for example, a flap on the scalp, let's say, let's say as an example. And then in terms of um, performance review and outcome measurement, I might be interested in how many, what proportion of my keratinocyte ex excisions have involved margins. And I would gather up a little bit of data from my own practice. I might get that, for example, from the sonic uh, DX um, uh, surgical skills survey that that we some of us do, and that information be provided to me. I'd be able to look at what proportion of excisions have involved margins. I can compare that to what's in the literature as being an acceptable benchmark. And if I need to improve, then I can spend some of my education time on figuring out how to do my excisions better. So. The, what the medical board wants us to do is get very concrete about what we're doing in our practice. They want us to review our performance uh, and they want us to measure outcomes. And look, the final thing I'd say in response to that question, Paul, is the medical board have made it very clear they don't want this to be onerous. They don't want this to be difficult, but they do want doctors to shift from a pure education mindset to actually thinking about what they're doing in practice and measuring some component of the outcomes of their practice. So I think the changes are significant, but they, they're not, in my view, they're not draconian or difficult to comply with. Excellent. And one of the other the parts of it, David, is the professional development plan at the beginning of the year and the review at the end. So maybe just to, to finish it off, because you've talked about obviously the, the hour requirements of the various activities, but perhaps just, just for the audience, just explain what the professional development plan at the beginning and end looks like as well. Yeah. And, and look, the, the idea of this is very sound in, in educational practice. In other words, defining what it is you want to achieve and you know this as a businessman yourself uh, being very clear about what you're trying to achieve and not just wandering off into the distance and trying to do something but being very clear what am I trying to achieve here so the College of GPs tried to do this a few years ago didn't go down very well um, I think it's going to be much easier to do this time I mean first of all we don't have a choice the medical board is making this a requirement as you indicate um, it can be, and again, the medical boards made this clear, this is not a lengthy document. This could be literally half a page, half an A4 
or one A4. And it's simply an example would be, again, let's, let's use me as an example. I might say, um, I want to ensure that my incidence of surgical infection in my skin cancer patients is as low as possible. That's, the, that's my learning goal for the year. That's my, my professional development plan headline. And then I would put in there and say, you know, currently my infections are at this kind of level. Uh, I think there's a bit of a problem perhaps below the knee. Um, I, my plan is to do a quick review of the literature, find out what the levels should be, check that our practice protocol or my personal protocol for, for antibiotic prophylaxis is up to date and implement that in my practice. Now, that's not difficult to do. That's not onerous. That's half an hour's work at the start of the year, an hour's work maybe just to think that through, get some clarity on that. And that's an hour of my education done as well. So the PDP, I think from a professional point of view is really quite important. It's certainly not onerous. And um, I think there'll be templates available that make it easy for doctors to fill to fill that those components in. And indeed, the components of the professional development plan will be up to the individual doctor. Yeah. So the the whole thing is um, with this these changes that we've got coming is that um, I suppose the key thing for the doctors to know is that there's no right or wrong with relation to this. I mean, it's, it's obviously the opportunity for the doctor at the beginning of the year to define what it is they want to learn or have as the learning outcome of their professional development for the year, work out what education obviously, you know, fits in line with that, obviously that, that, that goal that they have, then make sure they measure the performance and outcome measurements to see that, you know, it has obviously improved or maybe it hasn't. And then at the end of the year, there is another process which is to basically write up the summary of the outcomes of that activity. So that's sort of the, 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 the four steps in some respects, the PDP at the beginning of the year, the education, performance and outcome measurement, and then writing up at the end of the year. Um, yeah. And as you've shared, I mean, this is to be done every year. So yeah. um, doctors just need to be mindful of that. Now, as I said, it's not marked in the sense that, you know, uh, we know that we've been working with the AMC, obviously, uh, as HealthCert to, to understand what these changes are and, and how it's realistically going to be executed within it. So we understand that, uh, once again, we will need to show that the doctor has done the, you know, the, the work required as far as it's auditable. So currently they're proposing that 5% of doctors will be, 5% of doctors will be audited to obviously make sure there is compliance. Uh, but I think the key thing is, is it's not like it's an exam and you get it right or wrong. It's just the fact that you've obviously undertaken the activities to meet the minimum of 50 hours um, as required. So, yep, absolutely. So and I think again, Paul, to, to support that message here is that, um, you know, this sounds like a big change at some level. I, I don't, I think it's an important change, I must say, as a, as a, senior member of the, the the profession i say senior in that i'm old i don't mean in any other way but um you know being around a long time this is a big change it, it, it's a shift in emphasis from education which we know is limited in its ability to change practice and so it's a big um change in principle but 
I think the medical board has got this about right, and it is not an it's not going to be onerous on doctors. It's not going to be onerous, and there's a bit of a phase in in 2023 before everybody has to settle into their new CPD homes and kind of crack on with it all. So, you know, I, I honestly wouldn't be too anxious about this as a, as a colleague GP. Yeah, so, and, and I think that's, that's interesting. I mean, you've, you've raised the point of CPD home and I, and I think that it is a, a separate discussion in some respects. I, I think that um, as doctors might've seen in the, the you know, medical media, et cetera, that this re- reference to CPD home, uh, a CBD home is a place where your points are collected uh, or information, uh, not points, because of course we're using ours, um, yeah. where there's a, a record of, once again, the activity that you've created. Um, traditionally, so in 2023, it's not going to be compulsory to be in a accredited CBD home because the the uh, AMC, et cetera, are still going through the process of uh, accrediting uh, additional entities. I mean, the RACGP and ACRAM, uh, will automatically become so, but there will be other uh, entities that will be able to provide this service. And our intention, we're going through the process of accreditation uh, with HealthCert to be able to provide that. So a CBD home is a place where your information is captured. You can be a member of more than one CBD home as well, by the way. It's not that you have to be in one or the other or anything like that. But in 2023, it's not compulsory for you to be a member of a CBD home. It will be compulsory, though, to do the 50 hours. But in 2024, um, it will be compulsory to be in a CPD home as far as a, a place to uh, collect this information. The other thing that I think is important for people to know, whether you're part-time or full-time, you still need to do the 50 hours. Whether you work a yep. day a week or five days a week, there's no pro rata based on the amount of time you spend as a clinician. So yep. it impacts everybody equally in that sense. So. I think that as far as hopefully, look, and we understand this is new uh, information. Our goal is, you know, firstly, just from from our perspective at HealthCert, is to keep you informed of this. I mean, it, it is evolving, and no doubt, once they execute on it, there will be a process of refinement as they, you know, move move on to the future. So, you know, David, I, I really appreciate your you know, your your time today and in, in helping us understand that. Uh, but I just want to, you know, reiterate that. As things change, and obviously, you or, or things that need to be shared, our goal is is to do that to, to this particular audience. Absolutely, we'll we'll keep in touch, won't we? Yeah, and I, and I think so. Just to to for the for the doctors on this call, I mean, just to be mindful of that you know we're very aware of of I suppose these changes and challenges related to this. Firstly, what is it? How do I do it? What are performance and outcome measurement activities I can do? And you know, and obviously, how many hours they would take. So we're currently at HealthCert building out uh, a solution for that. We've got the fortuitous situation of, you know, 34 professional certificates to professional diplomas worth of content. Um, And what we're doing is a couple of things. One is modifying our courses so that if you do a certificate course in 2023 and beyond, a certificate will not only give you the education piece, but will also do the performance and outcome measurement piece as an activity. So you won't have to think about it too much. If you just do a course and and what's required to it, you'll be able to to, uh, complete the 50 hours as required. But we're also looking to provide an additional service to doctors who just want to do the CPD, may not be interested in necessarily doing a certificate or subspecializing in an area of uh, primary care, where you'll be able to access the content or some of the content, but the vast majority of it, um, and in a way that is, you know, designed specifically just for you to comply with the CPD. 
So we'll look forward to showing to you that later in the year. It's currently being built, uh, but our goal is that by the end of the year, provide you with a you know one-stop end-to-end solution so that whether it's build your professional development plan, select the education that's appropriate to the learning outcomes you want to drive, and then what activities can I do for performance and outcome measurement, and then be able to tie that up with the, uh, you know, once again, review of your professional development plan at the end of the year and have that in one place so it's easy for everyone to access. I think, you know, CPD, I agree with you, David, that, you know, the great thing about this change really hopefully will impact um, once again, you know, doctors in their practice, which I think, as I said, I agree with you is a good thing, no doubt. Um, but we also conscious that doctors are time poor and trying to sift through the information and try and work this out uh, would add more hours to their, you know, already 50 hours of requirement. And we want to make that as simple as possible for everybody. So we'll um, yeah. share that with everyone later in the year. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Well, David, thank you very much for your time and sharing that with us. And, uh, very much look forward to uh, further updates as they come through and sharing them with the audience today and want to thank the audience today for your time and listening to uh, Professor Wilkinson talk about the changes in CPD. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.